Hello everyone and welcome to the Burgess Podcast, the show where we are opening up conversations about life at sea, discussing hot topics within the industry, as well as offering mental health support and promoting well-being for crew. We also have our very own in-house recruitment team, so if you or anyone you know is currently looking for a new position, please send your updated CV to recruitment at burgessyachts.com or check out our recruitment posts on Instagram at Burgess Yacht Crew. Today we're celebrating International Men's Day and we are thrilled to be joined by counsellor, life coach and voice behind Bro Talk on Yachting International Radio, Gary Napier. Together we explore the complexities surrounding men's mental well-being and address why opening up can prove challenging. Gary shares his own experiences with counselling and discusses the importance of creating safe spaces where men can come together and share their burdens. First of all, thank you so much for joining us because, you know, this is such a such a huge conversation and, you yeah. know, having your expertise here as well is just wonderful. But to start with, could you give us a quick overview of your background? You know, how did you get into counselling? What made you want to become a counsellor? Uh, good opening question, Lorena. I often say nobody says when they're young, when I grow up, I want to be a counsellor. You know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. And many years ago now, 15 years ago, possibly 20, I went for counselling. And I wasn't even sure why I went. It was a colleague of mine who was senior to me. And he, six months, he's running a training programme. And he was open about seeking counselling. And he said that's his favourite hour of the week. He always goes, he said, look, there's nothing drastically wrong with me. You know, if you seek counselling or therapy, like, okay, what's wrong with you? You must be mentally. That's the script we've been given when we're young. And then four or five months later, he said he's given the woman who was seeing my number. And he gave her my number. He said, reach out to her. I thought that's very strange because you don't, it's not something you promote to somebody else unless they reach out for help. So anyway, I contacted her, had the initial session, booked another free. And for the first four sessions, Lorena, I was very closed. And I was more there for an intellectual debate. And I remember her saying to me, look, Gary, if you're going to remain guarded, there's no point in this. And I guess what I was doing those initial four sessions were two things. I was in denial that I was in counselling. And secondly, I was weighing her up to see whether I could really trust her. And when I started really disclosing what was going on inside, I then could repeat what that man said to me earlier. It was then my favourite hour of the week. I remember it specifically. It was on a Wednesday at one o'clock and nothing came before that. That die was blocked for my counselling session. And the dreaded words I used to receive used to be 50 minutes long, five minutes before she'll say, we're coming to an end. And I used to be like, no, because this was my safe space whereby I could just be Gary Napier. I wasn't Gary Napier, um, the responsible pastor. I wasn't Gary Napier, the husband. I wasn't Gary Napier, the father. I was just me, Gary Napier, undone in a safe space. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you, what made it so special? And I guess it is that space where you, like you said, you, there are no expectations. There, there, are, there is no defined role that you had to meet. You could just be you. Yes, the fundamentally, anybody seeks counselling, whether you're the counsellor or with the client, it's based, there has to be a connection. Without the connection, there's only so far I can go, it's limited. And I did connect with her. Interestingly, looking back, was it because she was a woman? I don't know. That made me feel more open to her. Would I have disclosed as much to a man? I doubt it very much. Um, the fact that she was of similar cultural background, so there's all those different factors that enabled me that what I was sharing, she would be able to identify with. You know, so for mm. me, it was very much 
yeah, I could relate to her and I felt equally important. She could relate to me. She knew where I was coming from. And again, that's a really good point because if you don't connect with the first counsellor that you go to visit or the second counsellor, it's not counselling isn't for you. It's just you just need to keep trying to find the right person for you. You're so right. It's it's it is connection. I'm training counsellors now and we keep going back to that point. It's the most important part to make that client feel safe is that they feel connected to you. If there's no connection, it's a textbook, it's distant, they're not going to open up. And trust. They need yes. to trust you. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it's an easy thing to to walk into a room with a complete stranger and just open up your world of vulnerabilities and you know, just pour your heart out on the table. It's, you need to trust that. Per- you're trusting your person with your soul, basically, aren't you? It's such an alien concept. To, as you said, to go into a room, meet a stranger and divulge your deepest secrets is, is crazy. And especially for our parents and parents' generation, particularly the West Indian and African background, also many European, you don't speak your problems outside your home. That's bringing shame on the family. So that as well, culturally, I was going against the norm. You don't do this. You don't talk, especially outside your immediate network. Yeah. So we're here today as part of International Men's Day, which, as you know, is a fabulous project which encourages conversations about men's mental health. And part of our research, as part of our research, we found your show, Bro Talk, on uh, Yachting International Radio. Can you tell us a bit more about Bro Talk and how did the ideas for that start? Yeah, sure. So a lady named Ria, who's the owner of Yachting International Radio, and she started interviewing me for the events we used to have with regards to Street Angels, a charity run here in Mallorca, and also the Yotties. And it used to be a football match, which we started two years ago. And she'll interview us and the serious side of men's mental health and also the banter before the game. And she came up with the idea and said, Gary, I know you've got your counsellors podcast, but I really do believe there's a space for men that you speak with men about men's mental health awareness. And it started really up mainly because my diary was full. And she came back last year and said, Gary, I really feel there's a space for this here. And then we started toying around with names. She said, why don't we just keep it simple, bro talk? And I thought, yeah, I love that, bro talk. And so we started November, December, got a few episodes out, but then my diary was still full and I couldn't give it the attention it deserved. And we started again recently in September. And the main purpose, Lorena, is to, you'll hear me say repeatedly, that safe space, but create an open dialogue for men and to talk about, issues and that issues could be relationship it could be what we're struggling with at work it could be frustration whatever us men go with so who i interview there's not a specific type but they are here to bring some awareness some of the challenges they've gone through and also how can we help each other move forward that's fabulous and is it specific for yacht crew it's aimed for yacht crew but it's not specific for yacht crew so the some of the men i interview don't all work in the yachting industry uh, but my heart is for the, the yachting industry in specific. Reason being, regards to the yachting world, I have no interest, never had. But through the football, I got connected with a lot of the guys who work on the boats and hearing their stories and their what they, their challenges, what they go through, I identified with that. So I strongly identify with some of the challenges that the men on the boats, young and more senior, go through. And that's what gave me the heart. And I said to Ria back then, I want to reach out to these men. Um, these men need to know there's a space out there or there's resources that they do not have to take this on their own because otherwise the consequences are disastrous. Yeah, crew can feel very isolated. And so for them to be given 
and to know of a space that they can go to is is so important. So what what are the common uh, challenges that you found when it comes to yacht crew, specifically male yacht crew and mental health? I would say that I remember one guy who I interviewed and he said that before you enter the industry, you need to be mentally strong. And I think people underestimate how mentally strong you need to be to work in that particular environment. It's full on. And people see the social media side of it. This is glamorous. Yes, that's part of it. But when you're working, you're working and there's no let up. And one of the main challenges that I I hear often is that you have little or no space on your own. And the time that you do have your own is isolation. So the space that you have, you don't want. But when you need a break, you don't have that opportunity. So you almost feel trapped at times. And then if it's not a particular large boat, you're sharing a very small space, possibly with somebody you don't get on with. And it's just no chat. And you've got nowhere to go. Where are you going to go? You're out mm-hmm. on sea. And mm-hmm. I don't believe many people prepare you for that. They share the, the sunshine, but the stormy season, they, it's not well documented before you join the industry. And is there an element as well of a facade that you have to keep up? You know, I, I know that when I'm in a in a social situation, I'm happy, smiley, Lorena, you know, upbeat, you know, trying to be fit all the categories that I feel like I need to fill. As a crew member working in that small environment, living in that small environment, sleeping in that small environment, eating, that facade, you have to keep it up all of the time. Us men don't do that, Lorena. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> for sure it's all about for us men it's about performance it's about image and you know i i say in couple counseling that for men love is not the being end all we need to be loved and we're human beings but it's about respect and you say if a guy feels disrespected that hurts much deeper than saying to a guy i don't love you so in that industry it's all about respect keeping up the image bravado don't get let your guard down how are you seen so yes, that is going on. Even though your world could be crumbling, you may be going through a divorce, you may be losing your children, you may be financially struggling, but in that environment, your cape is on. Your cape is on. So we talked uh, briefly the other day and we talked about uh, some, some of the struggles, some of the common issues, and you talked about identity and purpose. Mm-hmm. So that would uh, fit into that category that yeah. you need to be respected, you need to fill that role of not superiority even either is it it's just respect yes and respect means you're held worthy you're all value okay and so one of the ironically one of the main struggles that within that industry is one self-esteem so what they're projecting is not really how they're feeling inside and as you rightly brought to the table identity and identity really means regards okay what do I see as me what do I attach myself to and often us men we attach ourselves to our purpose so will measure a man according to the job they do, the car they drive, the house they live in, the clothes they wear. And they're all attachments, but it's not really them inside. But that's what we believe. That's why I said earlier, it goes back to performance image. Okay, my car's bigger than your car. My house is bigger than your house. So therefore, I'm more of a man than you. And that's very much reflected in the, the yachting world, whereby I own this boat or I'm the captain. So therefore, I'm more important than you. Mm-hmm. And you may have a more responsible position, but you're not more important than another man next to you just because of your title. And I think as men, we very much hide behind our title. In the golfing world, you put your car keys on the table to see who's got the best car. But it's all for show. And I think what's happening now, Lorena, is that that mask is rapidly coming off. It's not enough. 
because we can be enough without it, but we'll never be enough with it. Mm. And what happens when you lose that power, that sense of power, that sense of authority, that sense of purpose? Another strong word, power. Well, any human being that feels powerless but focusing on men, we feel out of control. And no man loves to feel out of control, which is why we don't ask him for directions. You know, you don't ask him unless we're absolutely lost. <laughs> but that's how we feel. If we don't feel power, we don't feel controlled, we feel lost. And as a man, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, we are told you're not meant to feel lost. So how can I be a grown man in size and in age now feel lost? Now, that's for the five-year-old. It's not for me. But deep down, that's what I'm experiencing. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel out of control. But I've got to keep it all together. The mm. two cannot reconcile. And that would show itself, you know, in the form of frustration, feeling overwhelmed. How would that show itself? One of the common signs, people automatically say anger, and anger is a huge part of it. I always look for language. How is that man speaking? What are the type of vocab that he's using? And you find if men increase their swearing, I know the yachting industry is part and parcel, but when it's done in a derogatory way or more aggressive, you know something's going on. And then you'll start seeing the physical signs as well, in terms of the body language or just that aggression. But it's like, right, okay, something clearly is not right here. This is beyond the norm. And mm. the opposite we need to be aware of also is when somebody's distinctively quiet and they start becoming withdrawn. It's not always the loud one. Some people respond in different ways. And you think, okay, what's going on there? So it's very much, I don't know how much this is part of the training. You're probably better equipped to tell me with the owners and the captains, but they should be aware of this. They should be part of their, not just the recruitment process, but the ongoing management to be looking around because they're their safety to say, all right, who's showing up okay? Who's not quite showing up okay? Rather than just going on what's being done and what's not being done. It can't just be purely task driven because you're working with human beings. And as we said earlier, the side effects can be detrimental. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's knowing your team, understanding your team, especially working so closely together and recognising the signs and also feeling equipped to step in and ask the question, are you okay? Because it's a question that actually most people are really uncomfortable with. If they see somebody that they think might be struggling... Just that simple start to that conversation, some people can find very difficult. Do you have any tips on how to overcome that? Yeah, well, first of all, I agree with what you're saying. It's that simple question. I think two reasons why we find it difficult. We're not sure about the response and whether we can actually help. What do we do with the how? And also, I haven't got the time. That's the reality. I want to ask you how mm. you are, but in reality, I do not have the time. And one of the football events afterwards, we had a few speakers talking about men and mental health. One of the guys said from the yachting industry, spoke to somebody else and just said, how are you? And the guy who said it to realised that he was actually genuinely asking how he was. And he just said, well, crap at the moment. This is going on. That's going on. So I think in terms of the how, it's just having that space and just generally caring about your fellow crew member, another teammate. And even if it's only five minutes, five minutes can be such a difference to somebody's day, their week. The fact that you've taken five minutes out to say, are you okay? It may end with, don't worry, if we need to talk more, we can. But just imagine that person's thinking, somebody else on this boat is concerned about me, has shown an interest to me. Mm. Sometimes that's all we need, yeah. isn't it? Just that show of support and somebody to talk to, because it doesn't always have to be a conversation with a therapist yeah. or a counsellor. It can just be enough to talk to friends and family or colleagues even 
an arm on the shoulder or just holding someone and you just think that reassurance, okay, I'm not alone. That's what we need to know, especially in that environment yeah. where you do feel isolated. I am not alone. Because you are, you're away from your family, your friends. It's very, very hard work. It tests you mentally, emotionally and physically. And some just need to say, mm. I've got you or we've got you. And in terms of spotting the signs, how do we spot the signs? We talked about obviously working close together, you know each other, so you should be able to pick up on the signs. But sometimes they're quite um, small signs, aren't they? You will be, I'm not sure how practical this, but I do believe there is space for it, is whether it's even once a month, but ideally it'll be once a week, once every two weeks, a five minute chat or a team meeting. Because you're managing crew staff, you're going to have issues, you're going to have people not getting on with another. And it's just like, right, let's be honest. How's everyone doing? Is there anything I should be aware of? Anything you're struggling with? And you find that the more these happen, and it's not just a one-off to keep mental health repairs up to date, tick that box, people then become more open. And because, as you said earlier, we're not doctors, we're not therapists, we're not counsellors. So then ask people to go around and look at that. I've got my own role to deal with. But to create those spaces is very important. But in directly answering to your question, as I mentioned before, it's just rather than reacting fire with fire, just asking that question why. Okay, why has that person spoken that way? Why is that person behaved in that manner? Why is that person not involved as before? There's a why behind the what. And I think if we could think more than about the why, rather than responding to the what, then that would make such a difference to men- mental health awareness in general, because we're asking mm. why, not just we'll see. And that goes with women as well. We often see that angry man, but there's a reason why that man's angry. I'm not saying that mm. this of anger yeah. is correct, but it's a, it's a symptom, it's an expression. There's a why. Yeah, it's a symptom. Yeah, no, that's really, really key, isn't it? So, we, I mean, okay, we've spoken about why some people may find it difficult to ask the question. I think, please correct me if I'm wrong, programmes like International Men's Day was set up and Bro Talk to encourage men to talk yeah. more. So, you know, speaking as speaking for my people, as a woman, we talk quite a lot <laughs> we, may, we may overshare even at times I think I've said that to you before but girls women do get together and discuss more openly than I believe men do so what are the barriers you know how can we encourage men to be more open about their emotions okay. I'm pleased you said emotions because men do talk you know, you get two guys who've never met each other speaking about their different football teams for hours and you'll think they'll be best mate for years but emotions are that are a barrier, mainly because it comes from our parents. So if your relationship, if you've grown up with your dad or a male carer, and they're not revealing their emotions, you don't see them being emotional with their wife, with their mums, with themselves, then they're learning that sign, okay, we don't do that as men. And that's, a, as a boy is thinking, right, automatically we've seen our role, aren't we? Daddy's the man, so therefore, well, who, how, how daddy behaves is how I should behave. And very early we say, that's what girls do, that's what boys do. It's changing now before it used to be very, you know, boys wear blue, girls wear pink. You know, and that's what you were told. You know, oh, you bought blue for the baby, it must be a boy. You know, so we're changing those, but it's still very much cemented in many other areas. Emotions, speaking as a man, emotions mean becoming vulnerable. And I think some of us men have become vulnerable with the wrong person. And it doesn't mean that one person didn't care. They probably didn't know how to receive it. So if we've been vulnerable with somebody where it wasn't received well in the wrong space, then we think, right, I'm never doing that. Or as a child, you may be cried if your dad or somebody else says, don't don't cry, don't be a girl, which is a derogatory term towards women. Then automatically you're being told, okay, boys don't cry, don't show emotions. That's not what men do. 
But if you punch your fist against a desk or you scream and shout, okay, it's not completely acceptable, but that's what boys do. So it comes down to messages, and it's the messages us men have received for many, many years. Thankfully, changes being made because we can't get away with that anymore. But in terms of the DNA that we've inherited from our parents and parents, 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 it's an ongoing process. And it's ultimately, it's can I trust this? Can I trust being open and vulnerable with my emotions? Wow. That's quite intense, isn't it? That's... It is, because it's... I mean, people... I mean, I'm a man, so I'm speaking with inside knowledge. But we do we do have fear. We are scared. No, even practical things. If a mortgage yeah. rate interest rates are going up month for month, you're telling me us men out there, as well as women, but men, may, women may speak about it more. I think, I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to have to pull my child out of school. We may have to do this. But they're not sharing it, but they're carrying that in their head. And it's because right, my main role I've got to provide and my salary's not going up, but everything else is going up. How am I going to do this? Mm. And that's a lot of weight to carry on its own. But when, you know, life throws many yeah. curveballs, as we all know, and when, you know, you have that financial issue, throw stressful workload, throw relationship yeah. issue caused by the financial, and it just builds up and up and up, doesn't it? And if you're not finding any way of releasing that, that's going to take a, take a, take its toll. Oh, ultimately, you can't keep taken in and not exhaling without an explosion it will explode or you'll unfortunately will just collapse and there's no coincidence i think worldwide i need to check the recent figures but worldwide regards to suicides the male population was 75 percent male now that tells its own story i think between the periods of 2020 and 2021 the suicide did reduce because there was less males but that's due to the pandemic so whether that had a a positive effect that men didn't were under as much pressure in a different way, I do not know. But it's still the high figures, a high percentage is amongst men and suicide. You know, that's because going back to what you're saying, we're carrying, we're not talking. So the argument is that okay, mm. that's the way out. And we've talked, you know, obviously the stacking up of issues and that I mean there's a spectrum of struggling, isn't there? So do men think that they're not struggling enough or my financial issues are not enough of a problem to talk to a counsellor about or I'm not sick enough I'm not struggling enough is is that a thought process that goes through men's I believe so yes and to let you know us men also even though I use it we don't even like the word struggle because struggling appears as weakness so we prefer the word challenge or battle (laughs) but to say I'm struggling like I've got this challenge at the moment or I've got this difficult client yeah that's that's okay yeah. <laughs> but say yeah. oh, okay John, i'm really struggling like okay <laughs> what am i meant to do that? yeah no that's, that's... Um, it goes back to language like you yeah, talked it about is, it is it is a language but yes we do feel that on the, on the spectrum as you rightly said it's probably a three out of ten it may be a three out of ten for someone else but for you it may be an eight or a nine out of ten yeah therefore you sh- yeah. should be getting it seen to but it goes back to us men why don't we go to the doctors Lest the pain becomes unbearable, we will not go. But it doesn't mean damage is not being done whilst we're still bearing that pain. Gosh, you would just wish you had the magic answer, don't you, to, to be able to, to help? Do I believe the answer is, you know, we go back to, to Freud. And for what people may think of him today, he was the pioneer of counselling, the famous couch where people used to slide down and just say whatever came into their mind. And that seemed a crazy phenomenon, but it was so healthy. And that was aimed at rich middle-class white people who needed that space 
just to get rid of these thoughts or release these thoughts that was going through our minds. And everything comes back down to Lorena, our thoughts. Our thoughts are the ones, we just see it through the behaviour. But if our thoughts are toxic, the behaviour is going to be toxic and our relationships are going to be toxic. And if we can, one thing that counselling or talking does, we have to be a professional environment, it allows us to release those thoughts. And when we release those thoughts, we can then see it from a different position. Okay, I'm not as tense as I was before. I may not be as dark as it was before because I've released it. I can now approach it from a different angle. But when we don't release our thoughts and we're just carrying it and carrying it and carrying it, then we've got men going mad with time bombs. We're then seeing mm. younger men seeing the older men doing this and they're picking up the behaviour. But to give hope, because there is hope, I do believe there's a lot of good things going on, such as International Men's Day, and also on a more local level, more men are coming together. There are lots of different organisations out there encouraging men to come and talk. I know there's an organisation called The Uncommon Man, I believe, and it's a space. They don't let people know the address beforehand. They meet together, they do exercises, they scream, and they spoke about a very important topic which really rests heavily on my heart, which I'll be talking about on another time. And it's about the guilt, the guilty feelings that men carry. And imagine a red is the challenges of men and you've got guilt compounded with that. What do you do with that? And it just, they, some of them just burst out, screamed to their friends that it was a safe space. But how they felt afterwards, they were like new people. I don't have to carry this anymore. So whether in a counselling context, I do let people know once we've gone through the process, you don't have to carry this anymore or you don't have to carry this alone. And finally, from regards to what you're saying, if you've got, if you're the only person on earth, Lorena, what would that make you apart from lonely? Uh, sad. <laughs> you, you, made, oh, you could be happy. <laughs> like if you were, I say this to me, if you're the only person on earth, you'll still be a daughter. Yeah? If yeah. I was the only man on earth, I'd be a son. If there was two of us on the earth, I would have a brother. If there were three or more of us, we'd have a brotherhood. And I believe that's what we need in men. We want to stop being on our own. We want a brother. And from that brother, if we're just two brothers, great. But if we create a brotherhood with that, even better. And we've really got to stop smashing this myth to say men don't talk. I would say men don't talk enough. But we are us men are starting to talk. And it's great that high profile people are coming out in different industries, sharing their trauma, their pain, their experiences. And that's really brave. Mm. The common identity we have, regardless of our job, is where men with struggles, but with men coming together, we can share our burdens and we can release those chains. But we cannot do it alone. We've got to do it together and we've got to do it as men together. So this leads us on beautifully to your company, The Gap Counselling. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the Gap Enterprises initially was birthed in 2017. That was mainly through recruitment and life coaching. And then just before the pandemic, that's when I was really had in my mind to go into counselling full time. And it literally birthed months before the pandemic and it skyrocketed um, with very minimal advertising because the need just became great because people locked up. I compare it to when you're spending Christmas with your in-laws or family members, you could do three or four days, but you can't do three or four months plus. And so people's issues, which they were hiding, were now being exposed. And mm. initially I wanted to work, well, my main heart was to work with men who experienced anger or struggled with anger. And with that, I mentioned this to you last week, a lot of the men were referred to me by their wives and the wife would say, I've called it shotgun counselling. If you don't sort your anger out, if you don't sort this out, our relationship's over. So that was it. Okay, right, I need to speak to you, Gary. And from that, I did couple counselling. And so I learned much about men from being a man and speaking to other men, but also from the women, because I then see the effect that us men, when we don't 
talk, when we don't manage our emotions, they affect us on our loved ones. So mm. gap counselling, we specialise in couple counselling, anger, self-esteem and anxiety. We work online and in face-to-face. We also work very closely with Cancer Supports Mallorca, work with people who have got the terminal illness or have lost a loved one through that. So that's a different type of therapy mm-hmm. in comparison to the others. And we're now growing a team of, been training a team for the last 12 months that almost qualifies. We'll have a team of five or six people because it's never you can never have enough counsellors. And to me, it's one of those industries, sadly, where the demand outstrips the supply. So that's where the gap council is going in terms of training counsellors to become counsellors to help the, the growing need out there. And I would say the gap we have at the moment, no pun intended, is we need more men. So I've got a team of female counsellors, which are great, which is great, but we need more men. But I believe mm-hmm. that through possibly my experience, recognising how counselling helped me as a man, then perhaps that will be the route to encourage other men to say, I want to help other men. And you you mentioned earlier, is it based in Mallorca, did you say? You've, I know you've set up certain events for yachties before, haven't yeah, you? Yes, so we've the football events, whereby the football's a reason to come together. Recently, we had a tug-of-war event as well. And so for us to get men engaged, you're probably aware, Lorena, there's got to be activity. You can't just say to men, come and turn up to a talk. There's either got to be a breakfast or an engagement or something, something physical for us, a reason to turn up. So we have the football Prior to that, we'll have the interviews going on. We'll have Movember growing the moustaches. So all that to generate men's mental health awareness. And the space after the football match, before we have the barbecue and the fun with the kids, there'll be a dedicated space for talking. So I would share about men and mental health, my experience, what I'm seeing in the industry. This year was even better because we had people from the yachting industry share so they could speak directly to the guys in the yachting and say, look, we know how this world is. It can be lonely, it can be isolated but we've got to reach out, we've got to talk, we've got to help each other. I'm here, they're here. And also follow up with men's breakfast. So this is something we've started to do, whereby every six to eight weeks, we'll meet on a Saturday morning. Sometimes we'll bring our children along and we'll come together, have a fry up and speak naturally about some of our challenges that we're going through. And I've been amazed, Lorena, how open men have been and even more amazed what some of the guys are carrying. I think, wow, you've been carrying all that. And yet turn up for football or go to work as if everything's normal. Gosh, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And this this is in Parma, is it, that you're setting up these? Yeah. So if somebody's listening is interested in joining one of these groups, how would they find out about it? So through the social social media forums. So we're all over the Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, the contact details are on there. Either myself will come back to you or my PA, Rachel, who's got very good knowledge about the yachting industry, which is why we chose her, and she'll respond to you also. But yeah, they should be able to find us. Fabulous. Let's talk about sharing those links, because I yeah. think this is a resource that is just fabulous. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot that men are carrying. What advice do you have for men who are reluctant to reach out for help or yeah. who, who are hesitating? Somebody who knows that they're struggling, being challenged, know that they need help but they just can't quite take that step i can identify with it strongly because that was me and somehow i had to find inside to me luena that i was worth the help and i want to say to any man who's in that position now or in the future you are worth the help the street angels charity that we run on the back of our high-vis jacket on the back it says why because that's our most common question why do you help people have self-inflicted themselves with drugs and alcohol etc and it says why question mark because you matter. And I want that man or young boy to know you matter. 
So even if you're struggling, don't matter how you make that call or how you reach out, whether it's struggle or with freedom, make it because you are worth it. You really are. Yes, a very important message for everyone. And hopefully we're trying to promote a lot of mental health first aid training so that to go back to what we were talking about earlier, that people can spot the signs, know what to do when they see those signs. And, you know, I think the work that you're doing is so invaluable. And thank you so much for talking to us and for sharing these stories, because hopefully, yeah, it's another space that men can go to to talk. And I would say, if you can incorporate this, Lorena, is as men, sometimes we can take ourselves too seriously. And sometimes a place just to laugh and just ignore something rather than going back to don't disrespect me. And it's not that deep. We can take ourselves too seriously Mm. as men. Mm. Sometimes a situation just nerves more it's laughing or laughing at ourselves. Thank you so much for joining us, Gary. Thank you so much for talking to us about the projects that you're running um, and for taking time out of your day. And yeah, I hope we can work together and build some networks for men on board. Absolute pleasure, Lorena. And yes, I'm sure we'll be working together to really promote this and take it even further. Thank you again. Fabulous. Thank you, Gary.